chapter 2 verse 24 says I will restore to you the years that the swami locust has eaten I want to speak to you again this afternoon on the subject the PT restaurant part 3 the PT restaurant part 3 let's bow our heads father I pray that the Lord of our God Jesus Christ the father of glory will give unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. Let the eyes of the understanding of our hearts be enlightened so that we would know what is the hope of your glory and what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance that you have in each and every one of us who are your saints. Help us to know the exceeding greatness of your power towards us who believe. The power that's in us is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. I pray that my speech and my preaching will not be with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but let there be demonstration of spirit and power so that our faith will not rest in the wisdom of any human being, but in the power of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. So again, well, I'm just trying to share with you as we're moving into this new year, this new century, uh, not new century, new decade, and just want to... Uh, I want to bring us back to uh, what I call the PT restaurant and want to talk about, it once again, our menu items, our entrees, uh, better, known our, better known as our uh, values as a church. And uh, our mission as a church, meaning the word mission, meaning why we were sent, is to restore broken lives, to restore broken lives. And you may wonder, well, where do we get that restaurant term from? The word restore is derived from a Latin word, restaurare, from which we get English word, restaurant. And it means to repair, it means to renew, it means to rebuild, it means to re be, to re to reestablish. So we said before that the word repair it is so sort of like prepare. Uh, the word pair or paro means to make ready. So prepare means I'm making something ready beforehand. I, and, but when we say repair, it says I'm making something ready again and again and again. And so one of the things that we want to do is that every time you come into this room, that you are made ready again and again to serve your world. Are you with me? Say amen. And we want to renew you. We want, we want your hope to be renewed because we're living in a season with a lot of hopelessness. And so we want to make sure that your hope is renewed. We want to see people rebuilt. 
We're living in a season where you've been tore down and beaten up all week, and we want to see you rebuild. We want to see your faith reestablished. That's the thing that we want to do for every person who comes into this place. And like most restaurants, though, there should be uh, a menu. So uh, one of the things that we want to make sure is that we are all called to serve. Say with me, I'm called to serve. See, when you and I stand before God, he's not going to say, well done, thou good and faithful, famous person. He's not going to say, well done, thou good and faithful, influencer. What he's going to say is, well done, good and faithful, servant. Meaning that you, he, he is going to reward us for what we did, and he's going to reward us for if we were faithful, to what he called us to do. Are you following me so far? David said, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. In other words, uh, if, you, if you're just a greeter in the name of the Lord and you did it faithfully, God will bless you. If you serve, J Jesus said that if you serve a cup of water to somebody who is thirsty, like, like really thirsty, like this is not spiritual thirst, but real thirst. Uh, if you do that faithfully, uh, he says, you do it unto me. Are you with me? Just like the individuals who are going to go on February 8th, and I hope you'll be encouraged to join them to make sure that, that that homeless shelter passes all of that is supposed to pass. God will reward you for service. Are you hearing me? There is no, uh, say this, say, tell your neighbor, say neighbor, you cannot score from the bench. You can't score from the bench. You may sit in the bench and go, you got that ball, now go, go, you got that ball, now go. But you know what? When the score shows, are you hearing me? See, and he was an all-star basketball player. When the box score shows, it shows not only how many points you scored, but how many minutes you played. There are no points for sitting on the pew. Now, God appreciates it. I serve you, Lord. I bless you, Lord. But you know what? There's no reward for sitting on the pew. Oh, it's quiet in this Pentecostal church. I'm not saying you shouldn't go to church. What I'm saying is that this place prepares us to go out and do service. And God wants us to be waiters. He wants us to be active servers. So as an active service, every, every restaurant has a menu. And on this menu, we have... Uh, appetizers such as our welcome, our welcome, appetizers. You get an appetizer because it says, when you get a good appetizer, what they're trying to do is say to you, do you want more? Okay. So welcome, our welcome is our appetizer. Welcome means will kuma. That's, that's what the word welcome is. It's an old English term, will ukuma. Will meaning desired, and kuma means what? 
Yes, meaning I want you here. Now, as sad it, as crazy as it, sound, as it sounds, there are some churches that don't want you there. Now, they, they, they say all is welcome, but when you come into the place, you are part of the frozen chosen. They look at you strange. After service, they go to their friends and say, how you doing, and totally ignore you. I've been at churches where me and my wife would walk in and we'd be totally uh, uh, disregarded by the ushers and greeters and, and, and they look at me like, what you doing? And then I say, I'm the guest speaker. Oh, 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 yeah. oh how you doing, Bishop? And I'm like, no, 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 no. No, no, I don't, don't want to hear that now. We should treat everybody who comes in here as if they could possibly be an angel. That's what the word says. You may entertain angels unaware. And, mm, this is a bad one right here. And the angel could come into your church smelly, stinking, dirty, and saying, Oh, I need a hug. You're like, mm, no, I'm in my Sunday best. Uh, go over, go over to Chandler. He loves the unbelievers. That, oh, that's his ministry. So our menu items, we, we, we want, we want guests to understand. We want you here. So when we have the menu, you know, uh, we serve living water and our entrees is preaching the word of God. We don't preach from a website. We don't preach from Time Magazine. We don't preach what other preachers preach. What do you mean by that? As I said before, there are websites that that literally say to me, hey, you know what? We have 52 sermons, so you don't even have to work. We preach the word of God from the spirit of God. One of our menu items is also prayer. And I want to thank you this week for taking up the prayer challenge because this week, I think we had twice as many people start coming to prayer and God exploded. Were you here Friday night? Lord have mercy. Okay, I guess it was just two of us. Friday night was amazing. And then Saturday, we had a leadership meeting, and, and God just interrupted. We ended up praying for an hour. I mean, God is saying, thank you, finally, you're making my house what it's supposed to be, a house of prayer to keep the devil out. Then this is a house of praise. We believe in praising God. We'll talk about it a little bit later. And then we also believe in partnership. I am my brother's keeper. We also believe in being a presence in the community. That's why what was shared uh, on the announcement about going to Harvard Square and, and helping that homeless shelter is so important. We want to be a presence in the community. And then we also be, believe in doing things professionally. God deserves our best. If you are treating your job better, you're treating God's house. Shame on you. Don't let me start. Here's a question I want to ask you. If you behaved in church 
like you do on your job, would you be fired? I think I'm going to go there. Because most of you would never be showing up a half hour late for a job every day and expect to still have a job. Quiet in here. I'm gonna, look, look, look. I'm just going to tell you. I'm just going to tell you. I'm just going to tell you that we got to treat God's work right. Got to treat God's work right. And then finally, we believe in the power of God. It's our seven Ps. These are our menu items. And then finally, uh, as the dessert, is fellowship. Fellowship. I want to encourage you, don't, don't, don't every Sunday just run out the church. Meet people. Get, get out of your little crowd. And so as a waiter, as a, as, a, as a servant of God, as a waiter, I want to make sure that, let me see, yep, you're a first-time guest, so here's a menu for you. Thank you for coming to our restaurant. And I think, yep, you're a first-time guest. Thank you so much for coming to our restaurant. And then I went to a fufu restaurant where the maitre d' came over to me and said, and my, my, me and my wife, and said, um, we hope you enjoyed your stay. And as a matter of fact, um, I have a gift card because I want to make sure you come back. And I said, oh, I wish I had a picture of her face. That's a, yeah, yes, yes, I have a gift card for you. I want to make sure that you come back. So thank you very much. And it was, it was a $25 gift card. I was like, yeah, that's not $25. Don't get that happy. But, but the point is, is that I want people to want to come back. I want you to come back. Now, I want to talk to you about these seven Ps, but I want to pocket. And these seven Ps are the values of Pentecostal Tabernacle. These are values. The, the word value comes from the Latin word uh, valeo, from which we get, get our English word valid, and it means strong. So a valid point is you got a strong point, okay? Our values, are the, these are the seven things that make us strong. These are the seven things that we value. These are, these are the seven things that makes Pentecostal Tabernacle who they are or who we are. And one of them is praise. If you didn't know that we're a church that praise God, um, you know now. We are a church that believes in praising God. Now, I want to uh, share very briefly about the difference between praise and worship. Because you need to do both, but there is a difference. You won't find, and I want to talk about four things and then we'll conclude or be finished. I want to talk to you about praise, worship, the lost, and partners. Praise, worship, the lost, and partners. Now, some of the, what I'm going to share with you, some of it's not going to be on the screen because the Lord was still downloading things for me this morning. So I want, I want you to use this as a working definition of praise, not in this church, but in your life. And it will help you. Uh, so, so praise means this. This is, this is not the Greek. This is not the Hebrew. This is just a dictionary. 
Praise means to express appreciation using words because something is good. Praise is to express appreciation using words because something is good. So, let's, let's, let's break this down a little bit. First of all, it is, I'm probably getting feedback here, so sorry about that. Um, it is expression, expressing appreciation. We know that depreciation, depretium means to bring the price down, okay? Appreciate is to bring the price up. So I try to use words to encourage Elder Anita because when I say I appreciate you, I thank you for what you've done, I'm trying to bring her up. I'm trying to in increase her value. And so when we praise God, we express appreciation using words. Using words. Using words. What do you mean? Yes, it's good to clap, and I know all the Hebrew and words, todar, and all those words for, for praise, but you, you have to use words. The reason why words are so important because God's solution to the world was the word. Words are very important. Words have created. So he's not saying not to clap, not to dance, or not, to, not to run around, but use words while you're doing it. So we clap, but hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Even when you go to the Boston Garden, while they're clapping for the team, they're saying, yeah. The Kansas City Chiefs are in the Super Bowl, and it is known around the NFL that Arrowhead Stadium is the most, it is the loudest stadium in the country. When I was watching the game last week, they showed the decibels of, of Arrowhead compared to a jet. And those people are always screaming, oh Lord, I feel the Holy Ghost. They scream especially when the enemy has the ball. Because they want to make sure that the enemy, that is the offense, can't score. And so the louder they scream, the more the enemy can't communicate the signals. So when we praise God, that's why David said, let the high praises of God be in their mouths so that they can have a two-edged sword in their hand to execute judgment. You see, the Bible says that the wall did not come down until they shouted. Now I know there's times that we should keep quiet. But there's times when God says, I want to shout. I want to. The Bible says, we, we, the scripture says, shout to the Lord. Amen. Amen. Shout 
to the Lord. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Why? According to this definition, for the Lord is good. Notice this definition of praise. It says to express appreciation using words because something is good. It means you don't, it doesn't mean you have to like it. I, I remember when the, the, the Patriots lost to the Giants in the Super Bowl. And, and I remember, I remember the, the second Super Bowl where Eli Manning threw this amazing pass. It just, it was just amazing. I didn't like Eli. I was upset with, with what happened, but I had to give him praise because what he did was good. In other words, we praise God for what he does. He's a good God. And somebody ought to give him praise. You don't have to be loud, but you have to open him out. The Bible says that everything that has breath. Do you have breath? Are you still alive? Praise the Lord. David said, the dead praise not the Lord. The Lord said, I, I, I want praise so badly that if you won't praise me, I'll make the rocks cry out. Ain't no rock going to take my place. Somebody just praise him right now. Just, just praise him. Just appreciate him. You are good. I love you, Lord. I praise you. I thank you for keeping me. I thank you for watching over me. You're a good father. Now, all praisers are not worshipers, but all worshipers are praisers. God is not looking for praisers. He is looking for worshipers. See, we praise God for what he does. That's why everything has to praise God because his works speak for themselves. But we can only worship God for who he is. See, the word worship is made up of two words, worth and ship. So the suffix ship, S-H-I-P, means the position of. So when you have a dictatorship, that is a person who is in a position of being a dictator. But worship means I put something in the position of worth. I put it in the position of value. So I can't, I can't know how valuable God is unless I know who he is. Are you with me? So, for example, uh, Chandler, uh, how long have you known my wife? Ten years. Okay, you've known her for ten years. So, there's, there's a certain uh, value that you have of her because you know her. A first-time guest probably doesn't even know who my wife is. And that's fine. So, there's not any worth. There's not any value to her. But you've been around her ten years, and so there is a worth. There's a value. But you know what? You don't value her as much as I do. Because, because I've known her for all of her life, okay? And, and so that's why if you have been walking with Jesus, you ought, to be, you ought to be a person who values Jesus more than a new believer. There's an old time song, uh, Mother Green, Mother Watson, the longer I serve him, tell the rest. I don't remember. 
Uh, how, how per- what? What? The sweeter. The sweeter grows. The longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. That's why I don't understand older saints who look miserable. I don't understand it. I, I don't understand it. Like, 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 you've been saved for 50 years, but you look like you were locked in solitary. You should be sweet. You, you should be so sweet that when people hug you, they get cavities. But when I was growing up, there were some saints, older Christians that were mean. Like you're going in the wrong direction. I want to be sweeter when I get older. The older I get, I want people to be around me. I want to, I want to have all, all these young kids just around me. Say, even if I can't touch them, just be around me. Say, he's, he, I, want them to, I want them to sing that song when I'm nine years old, by the grace of God. He's sweet, I know. Oh, <laughs> Bishop Green, he's a sweet man. You, you, you want to be, would you rather be sour? You ever have a sour ball? In your mouth, you're like, do you want people who are like, like, after they, no, God bless you. <laughs> There's no crime against smiling. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just, just smile. See, look at, look at, look at. I've tested this out because the Northeast is a cold place. And so, what I do sometimes is I'll walk around, got my head on, hat on, not my head, my hat on backwards, leather coat, looking like a rough net. And I walk down the street and I'll see somebody coming and I'll, and I'll smile and say, hi, how you doing? And all of a sudden it's like, oh, hi, how you doing? It's amazing how people will react to you. So if people are always like, cold around you, ask yourself, how am I looking? I said to the worship team, don't worry, I ain't gonna, they went, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. But I said to the worship team, you are leading us into worship. So if you're not happy, how can we be happy? I love you, Lord, and I lift my... Why don't the people respond? Oh, yeah, they're responding all right. (laughs) Look like you're enjoying salvation. The Bible says, Isaiah chapter 26, therefore with joy we'll draw waters out of this wells of salvation. The word of the Lord, I know you want a prophetic word. The Lord says, look happy. (laughs) Look happy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Look happy. But my circumstances aren't happy. That's when you have to say to yourself, 
I am not going to be a thermometer. I'm going to be a thermostat. When I come in, the atmosphere is going to change. Mm, that's a good word right there. Now, so, so God is looking for three people. He's looking for worshipers. John chapter 4, verse 23 and 24. He says, the hour come and now is where the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and truth for the Father's seeking such who will worship him. God is also looking for intercessors. He's looking for prayers. Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30, 31. He says, I'm looking for someone who will stand in the gap, someone who will pray, but I couldn't find one. And then God is looking, and again, I'm so grateful to you, Sarah, for leading our outreach. God is looking for the lost. Luke chapter 19, verse 10. He is looking for the lost. It is interesting, that word lost, uh, Brother Cameron, it is a Greek word, and it means, it actually means those who are going to hell. Yeah, so when we used to say, wow, you need to be saved because you're lost, yes, people are going to hell. Now, I, I was reading an article about uh, Aaron, Aaron uh, Rogers, Aaron, Aaron Rogers, and he's, he's uh, if you don't know who Aaron Rogers is, he is the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, one of the best quarterbacks in history. And he's having a rift with his family over Christianity. And he, said, and he says these words, and this, this, is the, this is the ignorance of unbelievers, meaning that, that, that the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4 uh, that, that, the, that the prince of the world has darkened their minds so that they cannot see the light of the gospel. So Aaron Rodgers, in the article, he says, I can't believe in a God who would send people to hell. Well, that's an ignorant statement because God ain't sending anybody to hell. We already going to hell. He sent Jesus so that we wouldn't have to go to hell. Amen. Are you hearing me? It's sort of like if you're drowning and someone throws you a life preserver and you say, well, I don't like the color of it. And then you drown and you're like, no, you drowned in me. No, 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 you drowned yourself. I was trying to save you. The same thing with God. God Jesus came to seek and to rescue those who were going to hell. But I, I found out another definition that really blessed me. This word loss also means losing. Jesus came to rescue those who are losing. And some of you right now, you feel like you're losing. You look at your finances, you feel like you're losing. You look at your marriage, you feel like you're losing. You're looking at your parenting, your children, and your co-workers, and you feel like you're losing. Jesus says, I have come to rescue you. Now I want to close with this. One of our values is partnership. I want to read for you this definition of, of partnership. The word partner means being with a number of people with shared interests, shared investments, shared profits, and shared loss. Let me say that again. Partnership means being in a position of being with a number of people with shared interests. I think you're here, so there has to be, unless you're a first-time guest, there has to be some kind of interest that would bring you here again. 
Are you following me? Shared investment, meaning that many of you came up and you gave an offering, but you invested something more than your offering. You invested your time. You could be someplace else. And I understand that. That's why I want to make sure that, that this is a place worth your time. There are four things that you invest in life. You invest, anybody help me here? <laughs> you, you were all out there? Okay. Time, treasure, talent, and the fourth one, your talk. Your talk. Your talk. Your talk. When I was a freshman in high school, we used to read short stories, and they said in short stories, there are three ways that you can tell who the main character is. You can tell the main character by what they do. You can tell the main character by what others say about them. And you can tell the main character by what they say. You hang around. That's, that's why for me, when, I, when I'm up with somebody, I'm, I let them do the talking because it tells me who they are. Out of the abundance of people's hearts, the mouth speaks. Okay? Have you ever hang around somebody and all of a sudden they start swearing and cursing? You say, okay, I know what type of person you are. Are you following me? So, so that, that, that's an investment. And, and so we have a shared investment. We have a shared, we, we share a profit. That's why we don't, call, we don't call people who join the church members. We call them partners. I was talking to an individual uh, who's a partner in a firm, and partner means I'm part, I'm part owner. Member means I just kind of pay a fee and use things. I'm a member of the YMCA, okay? I'm a member. And so I really don't care if the bench is torn up. I, I, I really don't care if they have nice towels or not. I, 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 if, if somebody came into the YMCA and said, and I brought a visitor and said, hey, a guest rather, and said, hey, wanna, let's go to the wine place in Bomba. And they came out and they said, man, that place stinks, although you young people don't use that word. That place is horrible. That place is nasty. I would say, oh, well, I don't care because I'm just a member. But if they said, your church is nasty, oh, I was bored, this was horrible, that would, I'm like, whoa, because I'm part. Owner. We use, we use things like, Come to what? Come to, like, help me out here. Come to what? My church. My church. My church. My church. If this is your church, then you should be a partner because you share the interests. You share the investment. You share the profits. When our, when our church was featured on the front page of the Cambridge Chronicle feature article, I was like, yeah, the prophets. But we also share the loss. What do you mean? Meaning that when someone loses a loved one, I rejoice with them that rejoice, but I also weep with them that weep. We're partners. We're partners. 
we're partners. It's my final point of what partnership looks like. Because I want to encourage you, this Friday, we are starting a new partnership process where you come to two classes or two sessions, and then you can join the church. And the two sessions are meetings that it, it gives you an idea of who we are. Because many of you, you come to this church, but you probably, you really don't know who we are. Meaning that, meaning that, oh, you hear the word, you felt the presence of God, and, and, but you really don't know what's under the hood. And I'm not saying that we're a bad church. We're just simply saying that you, you need to know who we are and become a part of us. We want you to become a part of us. And so what the new, what the, what the uh, partnership class is, is for you to check us out. And after the class, you may say, hey, I want to be a part of this church, or... No, I just want to still just check you out, but I'm not trying to be a part. And that's fine, too. That's fine, too. But I want to say something that I really think is going to bless you, and then we'll conclude. And this was, this was one of the things about studying the Word of God is that when you're really studying it, you'll discover that the Lord blesses you more than he even blesses the people you're speaking to. And, and so, what struck me about this scripture, let me tell you, is, is anybody coming to the, has anybody signed up for the class, or for the session this Friday night? Who signed up? Anybody signed up? Any, okay, right there. Stay right there. Okay. Yep, yep, I got you. So, she signed up. So, Jesus says these words in the scripture, John 13, verse 34 and 35. He says, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And he says, by this will all men know that you are my disciples, that is, you have learned. That's what a disciple is. A disciple is a learner, not a teacher. If you have, and I like the King James Version, it says, if you have love one to another. This is very important. This is the power of partnership. Most other translations, NIV, ESV, uh, has loved one for another. And you may say, what's the difference? Oh, there's a big difference. So this woman right here, she signed up for the partnership class. She has a, she's holding a child in her hands right now. And so I said to you, ma'am, I got a blessing for you. Well, let me first of all read this. We used to give this, when we, when we switched to, this was years ago, we switched from calling our church membership to partnership. We got this book and we used to give it out. It's by John Maxwell and it's called The, the Power of Partnership. And I love this. He says, you will recover more quickly from trouble when you work with a partner. In the marriage classes they teach, if they, they always tell you about Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 to 12, that two are better than one because if you fall down, you have somebody to pick you up. There's another saying that you are stronger when you work with a partner. Isn't it interesting? The Bible says one person shall put a thousand to flight, but if you get a partner, 
You put 10,000. There's an exponential reward. That's why the devil, Jesus said, where what? Two or three or what? Gathered in my name, I'll show up. Maybe the reason why God isn't showing up for you is because you're by yourself. I'm trying to help you. So I have this book for you, ma'am. So why don't you just, I have this book for you, so why don't you come and get it? Okay, no, 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 you don't have to do that. See, my point is now she has to put a child aside, ask somebody to hold a child, and see, that. the point is, is that this is, I have something for you. I have love for you. But this is, I have love to you. That is, I'm going to come to you with this book that has a gift card in it, and I'm going to give this to you. Now you don't have to move. Your child don't have to cry and because you're leaving it with a stranger. You're leaving it with a stranger. Good guy. Blessings to the Lord around you. And my point is, is that we have to have love one to another, which means that if Jamil is missing and I don't see him for two weeks, I'm going searching for him. I'm tired of people saying like, oh, you know, I haven't seen you in three months, but you were on my mind. How about getting them off your mind and go chase them? See how they're doing. Text them. Call them. When you're a partner, people will know that you're missing from the dinner table. Because we're family. When you go into a dark space, when you go into a dark space, when you go into a depressed place, who knows, who's close enough to you to know where to find you? Because we all go into dark places every once in a while. And I don't know about you, but when I go into a dark place, it's because I don't want to be found. We, we, we use this term, I don't want to be bothered. I don't want anybody talking to me. And if you stay in a dark place too long, it'll consume you. You need somebody who says, I'm going after you. And if you won't come up, I'm not going to say, I'm not saying you're in a well, this space. I'm not saying you're in a dark place, but um, but there need to be somebody that says, you know what? You're my friend, and I'm going after you. And if you're going to stay here, and not leave, then I'm going to stay here with you. I'm going to stay here with you until we can both walk into the light. But I'm not going to leave you alone. That's how people disappear from churches because nobody misses them. I want this to be a place, my final point will pray, I want this to be a place that if you leave here, you have to fight your way out. I, I want this to be a place that you have to change your number because people keep calling you and texting you and say, how you doing, Will you, everything all right? I want, as opposed to a place where you leave and someone sees you on the street three years later, and you say, oh, I left the PT three years ago. Really? Oh, I thought you were still here. 
If you're not missed by somebody, that sadly means you don't matter. Folks, let this not be a place where people don't matter. And that's why when we give the closing blessing, don't always rush to the same people that you know and talk a half hour to them. Why a first or second time guest who don't know anybody's just kind of Go to that person who you don't know first. Go to somebody who you've never met before who goes to this church. Let's widen the sphere of our influence. Maybe in talking to that person, you're like, wow, I gained a great friend. Or maybe in talking to that person, you say, you know what? Now I know why I don't talk to that It has been confirmed. <laughs> Let's all stand. Let's all stand. <sighs> Context is a powerful thing. So I encourage you, when you hear a scripture, it's good to read the whole chapter. Jesus says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. He says this after he knows, same chapter, that Judas was going to betray him. He says this after he prophesied to Peter, you're going to deny me three times. This is deep. Knowing that Judas was going to betray him, he still washed his feet. Knowing that Peter was going to deny him three times, he still washed his feet. Too many of us are all up in our feelings and we think that we have the right to not love. You may say, well, how do I, how do I demonstrate that kind of love? Paul says it very simply, not simply, but he tells us the ability. He says in Romans chapter five, he says, it's the love of God that shed abroad in our heart by who? The Holy Spirit. You can't love somebody like that on your own, somebody who betrays you, somebody who hurts you. You can't, you can't go to them and give them the love of God without the power of the Holy Spirit. He, he will so flood your heart with his love that you can't even find hate. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.